Thank you for listening to VASED's podcast channel, Deeper Insights. This episode is brought to you by Radford University. Radford University's fully online doctorate in education program prepares educators to lead responsibly and equitably in complex times. The cohort-based model enables students to develop practices of collaborative inquiry and continuous improvement, as well as community partnerships. Throughout the program, students learn to become expert problem solvers and are supported by dedicated full-time faculty. In this applied doctoral program, students implement a dissertation in practice to investigate and address persistent problems of practice in their own professional contexts. Whether you aspire to be a superintendent, administrator, or other organizational leader, we invite you to join us for the next step in your career. For more information, visit radford.edu S-T-E-L or check out the Facebook page, Radford University College of Education and Human Development. Hello, educators of Virginia. Welcome to Deeper Insights, where today we are going to we're going to spend some time with Dave Schmidto, who is our opening keynote speaker for our annual conference. I cannot be more excited. Uh, I cannot be more honored than to spend this time now, but then to also welcome him uh, in late November for our annual conference. Dave Schmidto is the director of leadership and development with the Teach Better team. He has for more than two decades worked hard to serve students as a former classroom teacher, school administrator, district administrator, and college professor. I am honored to spend a short period of time with Dave today. Um, And let's, let's get into it. Dave, good morning. Welcome. And how are you? Oh man, life is good. Life is good. I love how you said you are excited to spend a short amount of time with me today. Because if you if this would have been a long meeting, I don't know you'd be as excited to hang out with me today. So I I am super excited to to chat with you today and to be able to hang out in person coming up real soon in the the glorious town of Williamsburg in the fall. That's gonna be exciting. Yeah, it, it it is. It's it's always a it's it's a great time, uh, but always a meaningful experience. It is kind of our our blue chip experience, and it's it's what we've become known as uh, across the Commonwealth and and a little bit beyond because uh, we do have some folks that who come in from from outside of Virginia. So you said life is good. Uh, there's a lot going on around us. So so when you say life is good, I'm I'm assuming that that you're okay. You you are well there. Thing, things are things are bright for you, or or is there some stuff under the surface? Well, we are just getting right to it here, man. I, I love it. Um, you know, life is good. It's it's that the catchphrase that I typically use to being real to kind of keep things at at arm's distance away. I think we're all good at that when we see somebody and we just want to say, let's just keep on moving. It's life is good, or I'm good, or whatever the case may be. The reality is, I'm exhausted, man. I'm I'm super busy. As soon as we get done chatting, I'm catching another flight and heading to Ohio. I live down in Florida. So heading to Ohio, spending a couple of days there. And then next week I'm bouncing around again. I, I feel like I'm just trying to, to maintain and get some balance. My kids, I've got four kids, all start school next week. Um, so doing all, all the school shopping and trying to figure out their schedules and who's picking them up and who's dropping them off. It's It's a tiring time to be alive. I'll be honest. And it probably is, is. It's probably not even. It, it's probably not any easier with how things are going at at airports and the airlines and flights <laughs> and everything. I I had my own experience. I mean, I don't travel as much as you do, uh, but trying to get into uh, New Orleans, Louisiana last month, yeah, I didn't make it. I, I got stuck in Atlanta. There was nothing that could get me to the rest of the way, so I had to turn around and come back home. So I. 
you know, spending the night in Atlanta airport uh, did not make me happy. Uh, but I, I can't imagine what it's like to travel all the time right now. Uh, let's just say I'm getting a lot of free frequent flyer miles just added <laughs> to my account after every single trip when I've got to call customer service and they say, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. It, it, it is. It's extremely frustrating, but it teaches you some empathy. It teaches you to only control what you can control and let let everybody else do the best they can. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. You know, the empathy, I, I, I can only obsess or think about the things that I can't control and, and keep everything else moving. Man, I appreciate that perspective on an early um, August day because you're right, everything is ramping up for our schools. Uh, we have some schools in Virginia who've, who are, who have already started, uh, some who are about to start, and then some who start post-Labor Day. So it's that rolling cycle. I've got four kids, too, and and we don't start until uh, I think they, the kids have got like two and a half weeks left of summer, and they're trying to hold on <laughs> and squeeze every ounce of summer they can. But it's 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 a, it's a great time. Um, I've August has always been special for me as an educator. You know, it's that it's that that time of, of great hope that time of optimism and promise. And then at the same time, it's that fear, that uncertainty, that anxiety, like, okay, what is the year going to bring? And our educators right now are coming off the toughest year ever. So this is a, this is a very uh, important period of time where they're getting that, uh, you know, kind of rest a little bit, trying to recover um, and then set the stage and get ready for a new school year. So as we look at that and, um, I think there's always there's always been distractions uh, for educators. Um, this past year, I don't think I've, I've ever had or experienced more distractions. So one thing that's important to you, um, and it's actually kind of the title of your keynote coming up, is focus on the focus. So, Dave, talk. What does that mean, Dave? What do you mean by focus on the focus? Yeah, I tend to be extremely redundant. You know, I'm super redundant. Um, I tend to say the same thing over and over and over again. And focus on the focus is, is sort of like that, right? It's I, I feel like at times in education, we we chase the flashing lights. We chase the next best thing. We chase whatever it is that that keynote speaker is talking about, whatever that latest book says, the, the person that happens to come into your district with the, the clicker and the PowerPoint, whatever it is that they say has to be sacred. It's like their, their words are written in red. It's the new gospel and we've got to follow it. And those of us that have been in education for a while understand that that's also what causes that pendulum to swing back and forth. And every few years, somebody else comes in and says the same thing, but with a, a new twist on it. So we follow that. And it's the same thing that we did in our classroom a few years ago. And we're, we're constantly shifting and adjusting. And I think that this is the year of all years where we just need to double down and focus on the focus, to have our, our vision set on those things that we know are important, those things that we know are our values. We have a lot of educators coming back into schools right now who chose to come back, who chose to come back because they still believe that this is their life's calling. They, they still believe that this is their mission, that they still believe that they are destiny changers and destiny shapers. And they, they got into this career for a very specific reason. And whatever that reason is, I want them to focus on that, to focus on that thing that, that keeps them going. You know, I, I saw on Twitter the other day, somebody said that August is like the Sunday for educators. It's that, like you said, it's that time of optimism, but it's also that time of fear when you're thinking about all the things that are still to come. But I love your mindset of it's this time of hope because you're looking at all of the things that you can do, all of the, the destinies that you can change and shape. And I'm a firm believer that when we set our mind to those things, 
then greatness greatness can result. You know, I, for example, I'm a I'm a marathon runner. I'm not fast, but I've I've run my fair share of marathons, and they are hard. They are difficult. They leave me cussing and swearing and crying and bleeding and all the things. They are absolutely miserable experiences. But after the fact, I hold up my little medal, act like a champion, celebrate it, and act like I just conquered the world. And at times, that's what education is like, right? It's it feels like it's this slog fest where it's it's arduous, and we just feel like I, all I want to do is just sit on the curb and cry. I I don't know that I can make it, but when you get done, you look back and think I just accomplished something that very few people have. And it's not just about surviving; it's about accomplishing something. And I think that's something that I want educators to really latch onto that you get to accomplish something this year. You get to go out and do something that a lot of other people started to do, but for various reasons, stepped out and didn't finish the race. You're in it right now. Go out there and finish this race, get your trophy, get your medal and act like you just won something huge. Go out there and act like the champion that you are. Only 1% of people in this world finish marathons. Right now, they're saying that on average, 5% of people that start in education in college actually go on to retire from education. So if you're doing that right now, if you're back in the saddle this year, know that you are a select group of people, just like they, they say in the recruiting commercials, the we're looking for the, the few, the brave, that's what you are. You are the people that are there out there, out there doing amazing things, celebrate it, hold on to it and focus on your focus. No, I I appreciate that so much, and and just bringing bringing that data in with the one percent and 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 the five percent, uh, I I've 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 run a handful of marathons as well. Uh, so I mean, we have a lot in common, Dave. <laughs> right, I mean, we got four <laughs> kids. We've 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 run some marathons. So I I think the the thing that I've always noticed about folk folks who finish marathons. It, you know, it's the marathon I've, I've heard um, somebody express it this way. And it's so true. A marathon is 20 miles of hope and 10 K's of reality. And, mm. and no matter how you feel when you're done, just beat down, beat up, just miserable. Like you said, cussing, I will never, ever do that again. As soon as you're done, you go on the internet and you look for the next one that's close enough to you for, for you to start training for uh, to, to get on, you know, a 16 week training program. But it's, it's like, that was the hardest thing. I, it was terrible. Never again. But then sign me up for the next one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's a, you're you're so right because the unique thing about education is that every single year, it you have the the is different, right. a different group of kids, a different group of circumstances. You are are changed. You are better. You've learned. You've you've moved on. And so I man, I, I love that expression. So so talk to me a little bit about the Teach Better team. What are you all about? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. Um, the answer is all the things. So the, the Teach Better team was founded by a couple of guys, Jeff and Chad, who live up in Ohio. Um, Jeff and Chad got together about, I'll say 10 years ago now, about a decade ago, um, with just this vision to, to reinvent one educator, Chad, who was struggling in his classroom. He felt burnt out, felt like he was going to give up. And he stumbled across a couple of methods that transformed his classroom transformed his outlook on education. And he approached Jeff, who was a, a serial entrepreneur and said, hey, can you help me take my, my mission, my vision, the way that I do things out to the masses? Can you help me write an ebook? And Jeff said, well, I can help you write an ebook, but that's not going anywhere. So let's, let's actually try to maximize this. And they took Chad's approaches to the classroom and started basically going on the mission field in Ohio and selling the mission, selling the Chad Ostrowski way of doing things. Uh, it started off 
um, as the progressive mastery learning system. And they realized that that's a bit of a tongue twister that people can't really latch onto. And it transformed and has evolved into what's now known as the Teach Better team. Uh, the Teach Better team, now uh, we provide PD and support for educators in all 50 states and Canada, um, Puerto Rico, all over the place. We've got people in Australia that we support, people in Colombia that we support. Uh, we do a lot of professional development around mastery-based learning, standards-based grading, assessment, and we also have just outlets for educators. Um, quite a few educators that I know are part of our mastermind programs where we can just lean in and, and talk and brainstorm in this, I call it the planet fitness of learning, where we can just be real in a judgment-free zone and we can just vent and share and learn from each other. Uh, we've got coaching programs, basically you name it. If educators are just leaning into each other and supporting it, we're like the farmers only of educators. We try to bring people together and make connections happen and just help other educators realize that there are other people out there that are having the same struggles, but that there are other educators out there that have the answers to their struggles if we can just find them. So when you when you talk about all the things, you, you mentioned it uh, kind of twice. Yeah. Once when you were talking about focus on the focus, what, you know, not just... I think there's two sides of it. One, you really dug into with teachers kind of revisiting their why. Like, why yeah. did you get into this profession? Why are you doing it? Let's focus on that. And then you also mentioned focused on the things that are important. So as opposed to kind of the shiny new toy or the pendulum swinging, there are a core set of values, principles, beliefs, and practices that yeah. have 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 withstood the, stand, the, the test of time. So what would you say those might be? So oh, if, if I'm somebody who's, maybe I'm a school leader, division leader, maybe I'm a classroom teacher and, and there are the distractions and, and I'm listening to Dave, okay, I've bought in. I wanna focus on the focus. When we're talking about what goes on in the classroom, what are some of those key highlights or key things that you think are important that we need to make sure that we're on point going into the 22, 23 school year? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think oftentimes when we hear people say, let's get back to the focus or get back to the basics is what I what I hear. Yeah, people yeah. think that means we're getting back to reading, writing, arithmetic, or we need to make sure our kids are learning cursive again or whatever the case. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the basic curriculum. I'm talking about the basic pedagogical um, tools, the basic pedagogical tricks, if we want to call it that. And I'm doing air quotes for those people that are just listening. It's It's about the things that we know have an impact on kids. Those things that we know allow lasting learning to actually take place within kids. So when I was a building administrator, or even when I was a, a, a district administrator, I would oftentimes approach teachers and, and talk to them about little changes that they could make to their classroom. I would provide some feedback and some guidance and try to offer support. And oftentimes when teachers get feedback, there's resistance because they're doing good things in their classroom. And the reality is, and we've, we heard this from John Hattie 15 years ago, he has this 95% principle, which tells us that 95% of the decisions that, that teachers are making in their classrooms are good. 95% of the things that we're doing in our schools are good, which is powerful. It means we're not screwing up kids. <laughs> it means that individual teachers are doing good work and we need to celebrate that. But he goes on to explain that although 95% of the things are good, there are some things that are gooder. There are some things that actually have a bigger impact than others. What you're doing might be good, but there are some things that are better and there are some things that are best. And we have ways and we have research and we have methodologies that have proven to us the things that have a stronger impact on kids. Collective teacher efficacy being a big one. Collective teacher efficacy doesn't mean that all teachers are marching in the same rows and doing things the same way, saying, sir, yes, sir, to whatever their leader posts from on high. Collective efficacy means that teachers are able to make decisions for themselves 
and then collectively talk about it. They're able to sit around a table with no taboo topics and make decisions based off of consensus and rally around the decisions that matter most. We know that feedback matters. Feedback is derived from, from first attempts and then providing guidance and instruction for subsequent attempts, which means that whole failure is a good thing. Failure needs to be encouraged. Well, I don't encourage failure, but I encourage multiple attempts. If your first attempt is amazing, that's awesome. You're going to get some feedback to support that. It doesn't mean you have to fail, but feedback we know is a powerful indicator of success. And I could go on and on and on, but it, it goes back to dialing down to the things that we know impact kids the most and not looking for those low hanging sound bites, those, those, those quick fixes going for the, the workbook and the worksheet and the drill and kill or focusing on curriculum. It doesn't matter. It's focusing on the pedagogical tools that we know make an impact because in the, the game that we are in our charge is to create memories for kids. That's what lasting learning is. Lasting learning is simply enriching and instilling memories into the minds of kids. And memories are, are powerful, powerful tools. And for, for educators that are listening, here's a quick little activity. You can do this while you're listening, as long as you're not driving your car. So if you're outside right now, if you're stand, sitting around somewhere, I want you to just stand up for a second. And if you're able to, I want you to take one step forward. Pretty simple task. Stand up and take one step forward. And now if you're able to, and first of all, let me just say that uh, we don't endorse this next practice. It might be dangerous. So if you do this on your own, that's on you. I want you to just picture yourself doing this. Go on, to on top of a 10-foot ladder and do the same thing. Take one step forward. It's a different experience, right? Now, now imagine that you're in an airplane, 15,000 feet in the air. You've got a backpack strapped down with a parachute in it. And somebody says, take a step out of the airplane. You're doing the exact same thing. You're still just taking a step. But some of those experiences are going to be memorable, whereas taking a step behind your desk, taking a step outside, you do that every day. It's just taking a step. As educators, we control the environment, we control the context, we can control the construct. That's what we need to take control over. It's not always about, we just need to stick to the script and hit, hit the right marks and be on the same page the same day. We have to take control of the construct. We need to make memories. We need to get kids that are, quote unquote, jumping out of airplanes that they will remember, not just taking a step behind their desk. So get kids out there doing the things that matter so that they can make memories about the learning experiences that you're providing. Double down on those things that matter most. And don't just drill and kill your kids to death. If you want kids to perform better on those scary end of the year assessments, or in some states now, those beginning of the year assessments, focus on creating memories. That's what matters most. Man, Dave, thank you so much. Uh, I, what, a, what a great way for us to get excited about you coming to Williamsburg. Um, and not just that, but also get excited about the school year. And, and as much as I want to save this podcast for, you know, promotional materials a little bit later in the fall, I want to drop this as soon as possible because <laughs> you've got me ready to, you know, I'm not even in a school anymore. You've got me ready for kids to come back. So I, I want to say just on behalf of VASCD and, and me personally, thank you so much for carving out time from your busy schedule to, to sit down with me to record just a couple of, of nuggets from you and, and get us excited about the school year and then also um our our conference coming up in in late november so i, I just want to pass the mic back to you as any any parting shots or or any way that you would like for anyone listening to be able to connect with you or or to take some steps with you maybe if it's, it's it's even tuning into the to, to the to the mastermind uh session so I, I just the mic is yours man yeah i would say number one 
show up to the conference this this fall because that's that's a huge opportunity right it goes back to this this idea of making memories that's why it, these conferences are so powerful because you latch on to the environment the the yeah. crowd the people and you remember the moments now i'm a big music guy some people would say it's not necessarily music because it's country music i listen to country music a lot and i can remember the first time i heard some specific songs where i was driving who i was in the car with and those memories are the things that that i latch on to so this November, it's a perfect opportunity to make some memories. Yeah, you can sit down on a beach somewhere and read some books and listen to podcasts like this and learn a few things. But if you want to truly grow, you have to create memories as well. It's not just about creating memories for your kids. You need to challenge yourself to create memories, experiences that you can latch onto and say, oh, I remember when I learned that and where I was and who I was with. Find some other people that you can charge in, into this with. Lean on to other people. You can connect with me. Um, I'm on all the social media things. Um, I'm even on TikTok. Um, so yeah, you can find me anywhere. And it's the same thing. It's at Dave Schmidt on all the places. So connect with me. Or um, I'll even share my phone number if people are really lonely. I don't have any friends. I'm sitting in airports a lot. So text me and we can connect 734-377-3457. And Chris, you can testify. That's my number. You texted me this morning. That's it's right. legit. So um, <laughs> reach out and let's continue to, to go on this journey together. Awesome, Dave. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And to anyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in to Deeper Insights. You heard Dave come to Williamsburg for our annual conference. Thank you.